Welcome back to another long-awaited episode of the Senior Old Boys. That's right. That's right. The SOBs are back. Dwayne Price is on the other end, virtually over there, aren't you? Dwayne, are you there? I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm always here, ready to rock and roll on a Friday morning. All right. Well, so we got Dwayne. I'm Eddie Sefko, and a special, very, very special guest appearance by a, a, certainly not a senior old boy, but a junior old boy. We call him the job. Uh, that would be Bobby Corolla. And, and, and Bobby, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I have had many nicknames in my life. I'm not well, sure. I've now ever that, been you've saw, now that you've talked that long, can you just stop and let me talk for a minute? <laughs> I mean, come on, don't hog the thing. Oh, wait a minute. I slipped into my Trump mode there for a second. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. we're having a debate, huh? We're having a debate. Well, you know, we, we got three of us. We got three. We're, I'm sure we're candidates for something. I can be uh, president of nothing and you guys can help me do it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, is everybody happy and healthy and, and, and uh, you know, enjoying uh, uh, enjoying life, uh, hopefully uh, without any interruptions from the, uh, the nasty corona? No, I'm not enjoying life. I can't do anything. I only had five alcoholic beverages in the last seven months, number one. And number two, I've only had five alcoholic beverages in the last seven months. <laughs> and, and, and number three, right now, we would, in a, in a normal world, we would be getting ready for the Mavericks' second preseason game of the 2021 season. And we don't even have media day yet or training camp or anything. So, no, I'm an angry man right now. Dwayne, you know that they sell alcohol like at stores that you can you can go buy it and bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have this thing called a liquor store. <laughs> I got a bunch of it in there. I just hadn't got to it yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. that's all right. I, I'm here to tell everybody that I, not only uh, I'm glad you've only had five in, in the seven drinks in the last five months or whatever it is, because I've certainly drank the rest for you. <laughs> Eddie's had five since we started recording. <laughs> uh, let's put it this way. It's Friday. You know, uh, it, it, could, it could happen. Happy hour. Huh? Uh, happy hour starts early on Fridays, you know. That's what you used to say about white people on Fridays. Why, right, Dwayne? That's right. Jogging up the, I mean, clogging up the freeway because they get off and work at noon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's And that's if we put in a long day. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, what, what do you say? Let's Let's talk a little basketball. Uh, this is going to have some sh some shelf life problems here, but uh, the NBA Finals will end on Friday night, maybe. Uh, wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait! You said Miami was going to win another game. <laughs> we have well, a I, I, and, and I am still holding myself to that. Yes, I, I and and if they be if they were healthy, they certainly would win another game. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it in their present condition. Uh, but but. You know whether or not, no matter what happens in this in this uh, series from here on, uh, either LeBron's going to get his fourth title and get, that'll raise his record to four and six in the NBA Finals, uh, and then uh, or you know the Miami Heat are going to make some kind of uh, miraculous stand and push this thing further along. But what have we learned really uh, about 
mainly the Western Conference because that's what impacts the Mavericks the most, obviously. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't see a whole lot of slippage in LeBron James' game right now. Uh, you know, how much longer are we going to have to uh, climb that hurdle or climb that mountain every year? Well, you know what I say? I say look up for the Warriors next year. So Steph Curry and uh, and uh, Clay Thompson going to be healthy. Draymond Green is still there. They they got Wiggins. Remember that trade they got for Wiggins? They got a top three pick in the, in the draft. I don't. I'm not discounting the Warriors being a major player next year. So uh, I'm not that sold on on the uh, the Lakers next season. You know, and and who knows in free agency? You know, if the Mavericks can get a good pick. They might be right there. Denver's not going anywhere. We saw that. I mean, they're, they're right there. Houston's going to have a new coach. They're going to have to make some changes. But uh, And Portland will probably be back, you know, with a full season with everybody healthy. But uh, I'm not so sure. So, basically, you're talking about the Lakers going back-to-back because they, they're going to win it this year. If they're not winning it next year. It's just not going to happen. They're winning in such a weird way, though. You know, like – this is the season where everybody is starting to shoot 33s a game and, you know, small ball is here to stay and it's the, the, the big men are dead and everything. But I mean, like that game last night or the other night, game four, the Lakers were crashing the offensive glass. They were like clanging threes. They can't hit any deep shots, but you have AD and I mean, Dwight Howard didn't play a lot. JaVale McGee is barely playing at all, but you still have one or two seven-footers on the floor who are patrolling the offensive glass, and Marquise Morris is down there mixing it up, and even Rondo is chasing offensive rebounds. Which I'm sure Mavs fans are just elated to see him doing well in the playoffs. But, I mean, they're winning kind of like in the old-school way, you know? So not only is LeBron still that dude, but the Lakers are doing a lot of things that are kind of like unconventional nowadays. And so I wonder if you know, if AD stays this dominant going into next season. And and he's got a little bit of an outside game. He's shooting 40% from three in the playoffs. He's like their best three-point shooter, actually. But, um, you know, if he stays dominating on the interior the way that he is now, and Denver made it all the way to the conference finals, like, I wonder if their success is going to start forcing teams to play a little bigger. I mean, you saw what the, what the Lakers did to Houston. I mean, they totally just, like, dismantled them. So I wonder if, like, Maybe teams are going to reconsider, like, okay, maybe big men are still kind of valuable. I, I don't know. What do you all think? Kind of valuable? What do you mean? Man, there ain't no midget team ever won the NBA title. They're not going to do it again this year, ever. You got to have some height. You got to have some some guys on the boards and all that. I don't know what Houston was doing getting rid of Clint Capella. You put Capella on, Capella on this year's team in the playoff, Rockets may have had a chance to go at least a step further, but you're not going to do it with a short team. If you want the midgets to win the NBA title, you go get those munchkins from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there you go. Uh, oh, hey, there, there's no place. There's no place like home. That's what do you think? That's probably what the Lakers and 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 uh, Heat are saying right about now. There's no place like home. Uh, I, you know, I think the interesting thing about the way the game is right now is yes, you got to have some height, but it's like you have big, small players or small, big players, however you want to phrase it. I mean, take just take the Mavericks. I mean, you got a 7-3 guy that's a monster in today's game, and he sits out there on the on the on the on the perimeter jacking up shots. And and you know what? Nobody thinks twice about it. That's just the way the game is these days. But he's still 7-3. He's still going to go in there, and he's probably going to get you somewhere between 8 to 12 rebounds every game. 
and 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 he can block a shot. So he's a big man, but he's he's not playing seven three a lot of the time. And by the way, you got a six seven, two hundred and forty pound point guard. I mean, let's see what other team has a six seven, six eight, two hundred and forty pound point guard. Hmm. L.A. Lakers. Um, that would be the Lakers. Yes. So I mean, yes, you got to have size, but you got to have guys with size that play like. Like guards. I mean, that's just the way the game has gone now. And and uh, I, I don't see it changing radically in the next few years. I don't know what young guys are coming out now. Zion Williamson, we don't know what he's going to become. He certainly has potential to to kind of re, redefine whatever position it is that he's going to play. Uh, you, you know, and the same goes for Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. We don't know where these guys are going to end up. I mean, he should be a point forward, but they try to do different things with it. You know, the game is really interesting right now, just in terms of how many different kinds of players are, you know, and different sizes of players are all playing like guards. Can I brag for like two seconds? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. There There will be a question. There will be a question after, but... Flipping to the other side, the Miami Heat. I remember coming on this podcast. You guys graciously <laughs> invited uh, my my young self on this podcast. I don't know, like a month or two ago, maybe. And I think Eddie, you might have agreed with me. We both said Miami might take down Milwaukee, and uh, we we called our shot, and they followed through for us. So thank you to the Heat. But uh, my question is, like the the Heat play this real grinding style and just real like real aggressive in your face on both offense and defense. They play physical. Uh, they're down Dragic in the finals, which certainly saps a little bit of their skill and scoring and everything. But do you think that if this would have been a normal playoffs played in front of fans, you know, home game, road game, everything, do you think that Miami still would have come out of the East? Or do you think that their style, like, I, I feel like their style is so perfectly suited for the bubble because they just really drain your will and whenever you face the prospect of like going home, if you lose, like actually going home, it's almost like, a, okay, well, let's just get out of here. Like, I, I feel like Miami was like built in a lab to succeed in the bubble, but I wonder if they would have made it all the way had they been playing games in Milwaukee and in Boston, as opposed to all on a neutral site. No, because I uh, you know I may, may answer that for you because uh, it's going to be advantage to the other team because Miami don't have a home court advantage. Their fans don't show up. They don't even stick with them. Remember, they, they left when they played the Spurs in the finals. They were gone. They, and then when they caught, started getting back in the game, in game uh, six of that series, fans are beating the door trying to get back in American Allies. <laughs> Remember that? So they don't have a home court advantage. They have a home court disadvantage. So if you if the games would have been played in Miami and in the regular arenas, we would the Heat wouldn't be playing right now. Number one. Number two, I have to – what you started this conversation off with because I was not saying a Miami was going to get this far. I know that's what you was getting at. I appreciate you not. <laughs> but uh, to, let me give you, let me explain a little bit. Well, you did say no, D- Dwayne, in, in your defense, you did say that what you thought it would be Boston, right? Or did you say Toronto? Toronto. Toronto. Okay. I mean, that, that series could have gone either way against uh, Boston. So, I mean, you were, you, it was, you were, you were right there. Well, but, but the reason I, I want the reason why I, I, I didn't say Miami because I don't I don't spend a lot of time watching Miami. You know, uh, what well, we all know living here in Dallas, Dallas Cowboy fans, a lot of them that hate the Cowboys, but those Cowboy haters would spend three hours out of their day watching the Cowboys. I don't particularly care for Miami. I don't watch them. 
So I don't know what they're doing. So that's why I didn't pick them. I do know this. I think they had the best coach in the game, Eric Spolstra. He's awesome, isn't he? I really do. I mean, he's done some magical things, not just this season, but throughout his career. So I will give them that. And I'm just amazed that uh, they made it to the – to the NBA Finals, and I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. Dude, and Jimmy well, Butler and them out of bio, both those guys are just, they're just, they're awesome. They have so many good players. I mean, just up and down the roster, starting lineup on the bench, they got so much talent. Right, right. First, first of all, in my, by my memory, I remember Dwayne or somebody that looks like Dwayne uh, <laughs> once saying, saying that, well, Milwaukee, nobody's going to beat Milwaukee in the East. Nobody's going to beat Milwaukee in the East. I know I didn't yeah, you say did. that. <laughs> yeah, you did. I think anyway, Dwayne had Toronto coming out. I think he had Toronto coming out. Oh, uh, well. I said Toronto. All right. Well, okay. But my point is that, first of all, Eric Spoltra, yes, I, yeah, Spoltra is a, a great coach. He's just a little too cool for my – you know, countryfied way of life. You know, he just has that slick. He has that slick look about him. You know, and I'm sure. You know, I, I don't know. I just said that's just a little bit. You know, he's he, like he should be in the Reservoir Dogs or something. I don't know, but 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 uh, I, you know. So, so and and I don't know if he's the best coach in the game, but he's he's in the top five for sure. Uh, who, who, and, who would be the best then? Who would you say the best? I just gave you mine. Some guy in San Antonio, I'd say, is the best coach in the, in the league. Okay, you know, well, that, I, that same series that we talk about, that guy in San Antonio, when they needed one more uh, defensive rebound, he had his best rebounder, Tim Duncan, on the bench. And then Chris Boss gets the offensive rebound and throws it out to Ray Allen. Bam, win overtime, Spurs lose the series. That's that, that, that coach did that. Yeah, well, I'll take my chances with him, Brian. <laughs> you can, you can have, you can have your cool, slick little, you know, newbie down there in Miami, and I'll take the the tried and true, uh, grizzly old veteran from uh, from the Air Force, or for that matter, Rick Carlisle. You know, yeah, yeah I can take Rick Carlisle. I sure can. So anyway, well, that's a debate for no, no, maybe it is a debate for today. Bobby, you you can you can have one coach since you're the youngest guy here by a little bit, not much. Uh, we'll give you the first pick. Who's your who's who, what coach are you taking in your in your coaching draft? Oh man, that's tough. Well, I would say, I mean, I, I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of there on Pop, but Pop is a little older now, right? And so if we're trying to start a franchise, you want to go with someone who's maybe a little <laughs> younger. So, so I would say, I, I I mean, I would say, I mean, Spolster's up there. Rick, obviously, I think has got to be up there. Brad Stevens in Boston, I think, has got to be up there. So probably one of those three or maybe Pop. I mean, if it's just like a one-season thing, I think those are the four that I'm thinking of. And then Nick Nurse in Toronto, too. That's probably my top five. I put Nurse before I I pick Brad Stevens. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Man, nobody's on Doc Rivers either. Speaking of just fire. How do y'all think that he'll do in Philly? Do you think that's a, a, a good kind of fit? You, y'all, y'all have covered Doc for a long time. It's the players I'll, league, tell you, I'll tell you one thing. That organization is so fouled up that, they, you know, I mean, why not t- try Doc? At least he's, a, he's got a voice and he's going to command respect. You know, you got to get those guys some kind of – something's wrong, been wrong with the culture for too long up there, and they, they just haven't been – whatever it is – they ain't been doing it right. 
So, uh, you know, yeah, give him a shot. I don't know if he's going to be great or good or terrible up there, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, there are great coaches that, that just don't work in some places. Remember Don Nelson in New York, you know, lasted what, 15 games? Uh, so, it, it, you know, there are bad mixes, but I think giving a shot, I don't have a problem with it. Well, at the end of the day, regardless of who the coach is, if you don't have any players to get the job done, it's going to be more difficult to get the job done. They need some outside shooting. They, they really do. And I, I like to see MB down on the post more because I really think he's if he's not the best big man in the game, he's certainly one of the top two best big men in the game. You put him down there on the low block, who's going to stop him? And as far as Ben Simmons is concerned, I, I don't know what to do with him. I mean, the guy can't shoot three-pointers. I mean, his mid-range game is suspect. So what do you do with this guy? I mean, I'm not. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough match. And then Josh Richardson too, who I mean, he can shoot a little bit. He can really defend. But I mean, Tobias Harris is probably their best shooter. But he's like a lifetime like mid 30s, low to mid 30s from three. So it's it's kind of a tricky situation. But Doc, I mean, the the things like those Celtics teams that Doc coached. They all spoke about each other and like the the franchise and the team specifically, like with such reverence. You know, it was like a sacred bond that they had. And then with the Clippers, these guys were like sniping each other in the media during the season. And then as soon as they lost to the Nuggets, it was just like no holds barred. Like everyone's throwing each other under the bus. So like, I don't know. I I thought that that players always loved Doc and and he was able to bring them together and stuff because that's what happened in Boston. But just didn't happen with the Clippers. So I, I, I yeah, hope that it's a better situation in Philly. You can't have a lot of guys with low basketball IQs on one team. Can't have a lot of knuckleheads. You got to have one knucklehead per team. Because if you got two, then you got somebody that he can talk to that understand his crazy behind. <laughs> you got one, everybody he talked to got some common sense and can calm him down. Clippers so- have Social philosophy, according to Dwayne, it's a great thing. You know, I mean, that, that how can you beat that? That's a that's that's just gold right there. Uh, and by the way, by the way, uh, you guys, uh, one of you, I think, Bobby, you mentioned Tobias Harris. I know, you know we're not supposed to mention names on these things, but that's a player like that. Man, where would he look good next year or the year after? Good, good. He's exactly the kind of player that a, a certain uh team in north uh, the northern parts of of, of of texas might be just perfect for i think I, at least my humble opinion uh as well as a shooter obviously we know the names that are out there but and the other uh, thing with the, the other thing with the clippers sefco sorry to interrupt the, talk sorry. Uh, the other thing i mean not the clippers the sixers is they got four guys next year gonna be making 27 million dollars a year or more and unfortunately jimmy butler is not one of those four because they had they had and it was one Kawhi Leonard double quad triple bounce away from getting to the conference finals um, last year and who knows what would happen after that yeah that well, that's that's just you know it doesn't matter that's that's history uh but uh, and by the way Jimmy Butler's always been an interesting uh player to me because I mean, the guy, I mean, what's he been with? About six teams now? Uh, I mean, the guy can't hold a job, and yet he's a terrific player. I mean, he and Jay Crowder, of course, both Marquette guys that came out and 
and uh, you know ha- have those cut from the same cloth sort of. But you know Jimmy Butler's got loads more talent. But uh, I mean, why? What? How would you define this guy, Bobby? I mean, I don't know what to what to say about him other than he's a good hard nosed player. Well. His favorite coach that he's ever had, maybe until now, I, I don't know how he gets along with Spolstra, but his favorite coach was Tibbs. And Tibbs is a real no-nonsense, intense, we must win every single game or else I'm going to be just steaming uh, kind of guy. And that seems to be the type of player that Jimmy is. And if you look at the way that it ended in Minnesota and the way that it ended in Philly, like he was just like, I can't play with these kids, you know, like – Carl Towns and Joel Embiid care more about Instagram than they do about a Tuesday night game against Orlando. Like, get me out of here, you know? And he's such a – Miami is such a perfect fit for him, and he's such a perfect fit for their system because they're, like – they're just so intense all the time, and Pat Riley's there. And, I mean, it's all just – it is all about winning. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's the case with a lot of guys, I think. You know, some, some cultures, some teams are bad fits – um, but Jimmy was just a lot louder about it, I think, uh, about it not working out in the previous places where he's been. And so I wonder if he was just kind of, you know, if, if he hadn't have ended up in Miami, would he still be doing the nomad thing? Maybe. But I think for some guys, some types of cultures are just perfect fits for them. And and I, I think that's the case with Jimmy because, I mean, like you said, or like Dwayne said, you know, they were a bad bounce away from maybe going to the conference finals and and had they – beaten Toronto maybe they go to the the finals and maybe they beat Golden State who knows and he's still in Philly but uh you know instead it didn't work out and he chose to leave and he ended up in Miami and it's been a it's been a great fit but I wonder if that's all it is just you know he was a square peg and you know the Minnesota and Philly and even Chicago post Tibbs were all just round holes he wouldn't fit and then all of a sudden he sends he gets sent to Miami and boom it's just you know it's just all systems go Jimmy B is my homeboy from Tomball, Tom Texas, right outside of Houston. And I'm, I'm going to give you an analogy. It might be a crazy analogy, but it won't be the first time I presented a crazy analogy. There was this guy named Tim Tebow. All he did was win, 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 and he can't get a job in the NFL. I don't care how raggedy his arm is. When he was on the center as a quarterback, he won. He won in high school, he won in college, and he won in the, in the NFL. Jimmy B, wherever he went in the NBA, that team got to the playoffs. As soon as he left that team, that team was in shambles. So say what you want to say. This guy is a winner. And, you know, they're not going to win the NBA title in Miami this year. So for them to get to the NBA finals, I think you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Jimmy Butler. Well, okay. First of all, Dwayne, get out of your Tim Tebow pose. I know you're down on one knee right now so uh you get up you know that 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 may be the i mean tim tebow was you know it's a lot easier to win in in college when you've got eight eight hundred you know five-star recruits around you like he had uh but you know it was a little different in the nfl by the way oh okay hey blind squirrel and an acorn man come on uh you know so Come on, this is no. Come on, you know, you know. I don't know if you can win an NBA title if Jimmy Butler is your best player. Now he may not be their best player next year. Bam, Bam is certainly in in line to become, uh, you know, their their anchor. 
But, you know, right now he's their best player. And I, I just don't know if you could, if that's enough to, in this day and age to win a title, unless, I mean, they've got lots of, lots of good talent around there. I don't, I don't know if they have great talent, but it's good talent. Uh, so we'll see where, where Miami goes from here. Uh, but you know what? They got some good young players there and South Beach. Don't you know that's going to be a, an intriguing uh, free agent destination for some folks this summer or this offseason? It was not summer, but. But I'm not saying he's going to be your best player. If he stayed in Philly, he still was going to be the third best player behind him beating Ben Simmons. That's why they should have kept him. It was, I mean, he was perfect for, perfect for that situation. He didn't, they did not need him to be the best player. I don't think he was trying to be the best player, but he was a great complimentary player, and they screwed up. You know, Brent Brown convinced the management to keep, I mean, to not re-sign Jimmy Butler, and then the next year, Brent Brown's gone. So it's like, what are you doing? And what are you doing, Philly? What are you doing? One of the more interesting things about Game Four was that LA put Davis on Butler, so Butler goes off for forty in Game Three, and then AD basically spent the entire game guarding Jimmy. And it was really kind of weird because, like, ordinarily, if you put such a big guy on a wing, you know, Jimmy's, what, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, he's able to just skirt right around him and get to the rim almost every time. Or, you know, if the big man backs off, then he can just step back and take the jumper. But Jimmy is, you know, he never takes threes. And he's kind of Ben Simmonsy in that regard because he just simply won't shoot them. And he doesn't even really like shooting pull-ups unless he has to. Like, he wants to get into the paint, but – he couldn't get around Davis and he couldn't finish over him. And so it kind of just like totally took him out of the game. It was really weird. I guess, I don't know if that's like an indictment of Jimmy or if it's just saying like, holy smokes, Anthony Davis can guard an all NBA caliber, like shooting guard, small forward and like totally lock him down in the finals. But uh, I mean, if, if you can take him out of the, out of his rhythm like that, I mean, he just doesn't have the shot to, to back it up and you can sort of neutralize him. Got 20 free throws the first three games in the finals. I'll take that any time. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, the, the bottom line for all this on the on the finals is that I think the Lakers have proven now that they they were the they were the best team this year. That's even as disjointed and crazy as this year has been, and it's been a full year. Uh, you know, we I, I kind of have to give them the credit. Uh, I still stupidly took way back a year ago before the season started, I said the Clippers would break through. I, I underestimated the Clipper jinx. I, I'll never do that again. I will never, never pick them for anything the rest of my life, uh, however long that might be. And, uh, they, you know, so, you know, you live and you learn. You're never too old to learn, and I'm certainly old. So, uh, I, but the Lakers, uh, to me, have, you know, I got, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the organization. Um, I'm, I have, I have, I ebb and flow when it comes to, to the LeBron and, and the things he does, but you cannot dispute the fact that those guys came to play and they have had a terrific season. And uh, it's just a matter of time till they win this thing now. So uh, more power to them. I'm, I'm impressed. It's unfortunate that the, uh, that the Mavericks didn't have, wasn't healthy in the bubble. I would like to see this team healthy and see what they have done, would have done, because you and I both know they went to L.A. this year. The Lakers, they won 10 in a row and beat the Lakers in L.A. And we all know about the game earlier in the season when the NBA admitted that they made a bad call against the Mavericks that cost them uh, an overtime, a game that went in overtime at American Airlines Center. The Lakers ended up winning that game. 
because the league is all about matchups. I mean, I thought the Mavericks matched up well with everybody in the West except the Clippers. And having said that, I still think had they been healthy, they would have beat the Clippers. I really believe it. I got I got two more questions. Uh, 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 one of them is about one of those injured Mavericks. So we'll get to that in a second. But uh, just Dwayne, how impressed are you with just the way that the bubble worked? I mean, you think of the massive undertaking that this was, you know, and the thousands of people that we never saw or heard about that 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 were helping behind the scenes and doing things in the bubble and you know they have to stay healthy too because they could mess it all up as well i mean how, how impressed are you with the way this thing uh was pulled off you got to get the nba credit you got to get the players credit all the coaches you know everybody that's involved in that like you say people behind the scenes who scenes who we don't even know about that had a hand in all this because it only takes one just to mess the whole thing up. And you see what's going on, the way that the virus is not only spreading around the world and around the country, but even in the White House, you know, which you would think that probably be the, you know, the safest place in the world. And they're having their issues with the with the coronavirus. So I'm, I'm extremely impressed. I mean, because those guys have been there. I know the Mavericks went on July the 8th. I'm pretty sure around that time, that's when uh, Miami and, and the Lakers went there. So they've been there over three months, not one positive coronavirus case. I mean, Adam Silver and, and everybody else that had a hand in this, I mean, they should be applauded. And, you know, and and, and maybe the, the rest of the world should use the NBA as a template on how to control the virus. Yeah, obviously, everybody's not going to be in a bubble situation, but you got to wear a mask. You got to wash your hands. You got to keep your distance. Those are simple, simple things everybody can do and should not be offended that you have to do that. You should be washing your hands anyway, coronavirus or not. You know, and you shouldn't be all up in people's face <laughs> screaming and howling coronavirus or not. And if somebody is screaming in your face, have a mask in your pocket and put it on and get away from it. And there you have it from Dr. Dwayne Price, and the, the man. And now he's he's got his doctorate's degree. I don't know where it was from, but, but you know. Uh, good stuff, Dwayne. Good advice, by the way. Uh, and you know what we heard yesterday uh, from Dwight Powell, who uh, was the one of the recipients of the the league's uh, NBA Cares uh, season long uh, community award, and uh, well deserved, very well deserved. He has done more uh, in in the last few years in Dallas and and Canada and and all over the country. I mean, he's just amazing with the the amount of uh, he's given back to the to the community, but we had heard him yesterday say that that uh, you know he he was part of the the process of getting the bubbles organized, and he said it was amazing to see how how many people were working on it uh, from the NBA and from the Disney and from wherever all the all the things that all the moving parts that had to be put into place uh, just a massive undertaking and and you know how can you not. Uh, applaud the, the league and and really everybody that had a part in it for what they did. Yeah, uh, reaching in, Bobby. When we get in, yeah, uh, the, the main thing you know it starts at the top. You know, a Adam Silver, you know the the commissioner of the NBA. If he's telling you to do some things and, and your common sense tells you that yeah we need to do this to make it work, uh, well just do it and it probably will work. And and, and it'll work. You know we had the leaders of the United States saying the same thing. 
there's no telling how many people will still be alive. We've lost over 210 or 211 Americans uh, since this uh, pandemic started. Who knows how many lives would have been saved had the, the leaders of the country said, wash your hands, keep your distance, put on a mask. Simple stuff. ABC, simple. How difficult is that? It's all very simple. And I know that nobody is really going to be feeling too much sympathy for the players because they're still getting paid pretty much a full salary during this while a lot of people have lost their jobs or have been furloughed or, or whatever. But, you know, like you guys were saying earlier, uh, Wayne, you know, the, the Lakers and the Heat showed up there like three months ago, you know. Yeah. I mean, there have been people who work for the NBA, like, you know, the, the TV crews, and we've had people – JK and Carla from, from our game ops crew or game presentation crew have been down there. I mean, there have been a lot of employees, NBA employees, league employees down there for the entire time. I mean, some people have been there for more than a hundred days, just like the mental side of, I mean, you're in a hotel room. It's not like you're at home. Like at least the rest of us, we've been spending this time at home, you know, with our family or, or whatever. Um, these these guys have been spending it in their hotel room in complete isolation. Like the only time they can leave their room is to get food or go to games. Um, and, and to be there for three months is just, it's very, very taxing. Uh, you know, I'm sure that y'all have been to summer league many times and uh, it's pretty crazy going to summer league for like 10 days or 11 days. You know, you feel just so totally trapped and you're in like a whole city where you can leave and go walk around. Uh, but you're just stuck in your hotel room for, 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 you know, a week or whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, being down there for three months and, and trying to compete at a high level or just from the from the league employee perspective, hotel employee perspective, basically being trapped on that campus for 90 days, 100 days. It's just got to it's got to kind of drive you crazy. So their commitment to, um, you know, for the players to keep playing and, and for everybody else to keep doing their job and, and, and for everybody to stay safe is really just like a test of human will. Uh, because I mean, I, it's it's got to just be driving every single person in there crazy that they've been there for so long. Bobby, let, so, let me tell you a story right quick, because I, I I'm pretty sure some of these guys are not gonna know how to get home because they don't know where they live anymore. And I, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you from a, I'm gonna tell you from a personal standpoint, the lockout year, Dirk's rookie year, the 98-99 season, which did not start in 98, it started in February of 99. Early in that season. The Mavericks went on a 11-day road trip, seven games in 11 days. Denver, Portland, that's when the Grizzlies were still in Vancouver. Went to Vancouver, went to Lakers to play the Clippers, went to Oakland, went back to L.A. to play the, uh, the Lakers, Lakers, Clippers, which one of them, then went to Phoenix, and then came home. And I'll never forget, you know, because I'm getting rental cars all over the place. So I valet parked a rental car in Phoenix. And then I called them because I want to go to dinner uh, to get the car. And I'm standing outside with about six or seven other people. And I'm standing there. And I have no idea what kind of rental car I had. Because I had <laughs> so many of them in a short period of time. And it, it's like, oh, and I told the guy, he didn't, I said, no, man, I have no idea. And I remember that second time I went to L.A., I took a nap, and, and I was just screaming. I was dead. That's how tired I was. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Just screaming how I, I remember. I remember looking at that telephone in the hotel room, and I remember seeing the word Los Angeles, but it was not registering in my head what Los Angeles was. 
that's our exhaustion is if and and the, and the last part of the story is i had just moved from the house where i where i used to live to the house where i live now and those two houses you take the same major exit to get to them i went to the other house because I, I had only been in that new house a week and i had been on the road for 11 days i forgot where i lived and not only that i didn't have time to get the uh, remote control for the garage door opener. So, you know, you pull up and you get out and then you raise your, you, you know, put your key in and raise your garage door opener. I pulled up to the house next door to mine. That's oh, man. Oh. Yeah. That, I'm saying that to say that was 11 days for me. These guys got three months. Imagine what's yep. going on with them, man. I got I got two things to say about that. First of all, Bobby, if you're in Vegas for 12 days and then staying in your hotel room, you ain't doing it right. And <laughs> okay, so, okay, all right. And second of all, you, Dwayne, I know you've been here before. You, you know, you come off a, a week long road trip, and you had back when when we were all traveling on these crazy commercial flights. You have no idea where your car's parked at the airport. Right. No, 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 no idea. Just get there. I said, where the heck did I park my dang car? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm sitting there wandering around. And I'm hitting the button trying to see if like, something's lighting up, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, it's take, sometimes I, you know, ha, and then, you know, it, Lord knows if you come into the different terminal at DFW, then, then you're really messed up. You really don't know where I don't even know where I flew out of. So uh, you're right. Uh, three months is is too long to be cooped up and uh i don't care how nice they make it for you down there it's it's a long time and and they have my uh they have my respect and, and i appreciate them entertaining us for the last uh, couple of months and you know what the food started tasting bad too because you just want a home-cooked meal you know it's a big old lobster t-bone steak he's like i want to go home and eat my wife cooking i'm tired of eating out <laughs> Well, <laughs> Dwayne, I didn't know where you were going there for a second, but I agree with you. I mean, sometimes you just want a water burger, or or, or, eat, your, or eat, eat your wife's cooking. That's right. That's what Brad okay. did, right? I think Brad was in the bubble for the as long as the Mavs were, and the first thing he did when he got back to Texas, I think he stopped at Whataburger. Whataburger, yeah. Fifty-five days they were gone. <laughs> Oh, I know, my. I figured out what you were saying, Sefco. It took a minute there. You're crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are officially off the rails now. And, oh, uh, man. It is definitely happy uh, hour. You know, hey, the one thing I want to ask you guys, uh, this is a big weekend for me because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm smoking not one but two briskets because uh, my, my, my daughter and son-in-law and my grandson are coming to visit. And uh, it's going to be a, 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 you know, a smoke-a-thon out on the uh, Sefco patio. Uh, but but I, I got a new barbecue joint that I like. It's kind of a hole-in-the-wall place in Farmersville, Texas. And uh, I want you guys to try it. It's a long drive. It's not too far for you, Dwayne. It's just across uh, uh, Highway 82 there. You, you can get to it in no time. Uh, it's the name of it is Wood and Time. Cause that's all you need for good barbecues wood and time and, and it's pretty darn good it's i'm not saying it's up there with some of the greatest but uh you know it's if you don't feel like driving for me all the way to mckinney to, to go to hutchins and then it's it's a lot closer i was in mckinney yesterday 
As a matter of fact, I went to a barbecue place in McKinney yesterday. And uh, let me go get my receipt, and I'll tell you the name of it. <laughs> go ahead and talk, Bobby. Eddie, if you want to make a drive, come out come out my way. Come to the office one day, and, and we can go up to Slowbone. Yeah, we've been there. Or I've been there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's great, it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's right in the middle of the city, though. I think when I think barbecue, I want to be kind of out in the country. Oh, okay. Okay, out kind of in the middle, like on a county road kind of. A little shack. Yeah, you know, something that's a, a little off the beaten path. Uh, yeah. But, you know, when you're in Dallas, you you know, you got to, I mean, hey, they, we're lucky. Dallas has is, is just sprung up with a ton of, 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 of uh, barbecue places, and most of them are pretty good, you know. Yeah. I mean, when, when Pecan Lodge opened up, everybody raved about it. It's still good, but there's got their competition is all over the place now. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. And by the way, uh, everybody should be in the neighborhood. Well, at least Dallas County residents should be in the neighborhood over the next few weeks. Because remember that American Airlines Center is open as a voting location, Eddie, from October 13th to October 30th, as well as on Election Day on November 3rd. I had to slip in the company line there. I had to do it. That That is awesome promotion right there. And, uh, you know, we, we, we can only thank the, see, that's why we have Bobby on once in a while, because, you know, he'll, he'll save us from looking bad on stuff like that. And by the way, Dwayne and I both live in Collin County, so we can't do anything. Nevada's Collin County. How big is Collin County? It's huge, man. Wow. I thought Nevada was out by like fate. So I, I thought that was like rock wall, you know, that yeah, we, we are about uh, five miles from the Rockwall County border, uh, okay. and we're we're right in the right in the southeast corner of Collin County, uh, the fast exploding southeast corner of Collin County. We got subdivisions popping up all over out here. Yeah. What was the name of that place, Dwayne? It's called uh, Loca Yoka, L O C A L Y O C A L. It's in McKinney on on the uh, on East Louisiana Street. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Loca Yoka. Yep. Very nice place too. Got to check it out. I went there yesterday. How much are they All paying right. you to for the, for this commercial? They're not paying me anything. Maybe I, hey, that's a good thought. I didn't think of that. Yeah. No, they're not paying me anything. That was good though. We got to get y'all sponsored. Call up Wooden Sorry. Time. We'll we'll do a, we'll do a spot for them. Well, you know, I'm gonna see. I'll call the guys at Budweiser. I own stock in them, so uh, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get them on. We'll get them involved in this thing. Well, guys, I'm a shareholder. I'm a, I'm a shareholder <laughs> in the company. Hey, don't you owe me a Bacardi and Coke? Speaking of Budweiser, for what? For the Lakers winning a series in five games. You said Miami was gonna win another game. You forgot. The Lakers well, are wearing a Kobe Bryant. Mama jersey tonight. They four and zero in those jerseys. They are not losing tonight. It's a wrap. You owe me a Bacardi and Coke. Two of them, I think. Okay, well that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but uh, you know, just remember uh, the, the, to watch that game tonight. Enjoy it. It might be the last basketball we see for uh, in, in, certainly in uh, 2020, and uh, who knows how long beyond that. Right. Eddie, whenever you, whenever you, uh, whenever you do get Dwayne those two Bacardi and Cokes, just make sure you have your yeah. recorder on because if yeah. he really has only had five drinks in the last seven months, his tolerance <laughs> is way low. So I'm sure Dwayne is going to say some wacky, wacky stuff after he has two drinks. <laughs> I will, I will be chronicling every syllable. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys, we got to wrap this thing up. We've uh, uh, this is what you call a, a, a huge, successful podcast from the senior old boys. We thank Bobby for showing up and 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 uh, you know lifting our uh, our our level of of uh, expertise to uh, just unprecedented heights. And lowering our our our, <laughs> our age to to and our IQ sometimes uh, to to new lows. So, uh, Dwayne, what, what's your what's your final thought? My final thought is uh, one knucklehead per team, Zefco. Everybody he talked to got some sense. Okay, got- who's the who's the knucklehead on our team right here? Bobby. I'm the crazy all, one. All I need to get a little smarter is just some wood and time. You know how you fix a problem? You put more wood on it and then yeah. let it burn. All right, guys, uh, this is the Senior Old Boys, our, the SOBs. Find us uh, uh, on your favorite podcast podcast. Uh, 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 platform. platform there there's the, the word i was looking for words are my life and uh again uh, thanks guys and we'll do it again uh, real soon